Let's talk about talk, it. Talk, talk, talk. Let's go deep. We all have something to share. No share with Dr. Dave. Uh, there's a few things that I'm going to ask you to do. Um, I'm not going to do all the work in, 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 in presenting today. Um, so look in the chat. Um, check out this. I'm going to use Mentee for us to interact about certain things. And look, I'm going to ask you questions. I want you to jump in. Um, and, and so I am hyper excited um, to be here today. Um, other things that if I'm going to drop a bunch of links in the chat, if you want to connect with me, uh, check out some of the books, some of the websites that I, I do have. Um, you know, is my LinkedIn profile. I, I'm a big connector. So I, meet, I connect with people from across the globe and, you know, try to build relationships, right? And and try to also give back um, to our community. You know, I saw like one of your members last year, Ellie, uh, um, you know, she spoke at the Agile for Humanity conference and that's my background. Uh, we have a conference um, annually. So we, we do lightning talks. So if you're interested in, in jumping in, to do an lightning talk, I'll send um, an invite to this group, and you certainly can be a speaker. Um, and also, we do a, a bi-monthly meetup as well. So, you know, we're big community people. We try to connect with people around the world, and um, you know, that's how we roll. So, I'm going to go ahead and get started. Uh, you want to continue? Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and get started and start the presentation. Um, and let me get into full screen. So we're going to be jumping back and forth. You know, I'll be in mentee, you know, asking you questions and, you know, I'll be back and forth with the presentation. So let's just get started. You know, I'm, I'm really excited to be here today, really to share this topic. Um, you know, th this topic, do you deliver value, um, comes from two books that, that I've released uh, one in 2022 called Deliver Value, Happy Contributing People, Satisfied Customers, and Thriving Business um, is the core book that um, I released in 2022. And then I just released um, this other book called The Innovation Catalyst. And, and this is a fictional story about Ashanti Mwendo is her name. And um, she uses, you know, the principle of Ubuntu to help her lead with empathy and to be a, a catalyst. So um, ch check out some of the links. Um, you can find a lot of these books on um, Amazon as well. So, you know, the, the, so the, the whole idea about asking the question, do you deliver value? Um, it's a thing. It's a thing that I ask myself as a coach. I ask myself as a trainer, even as, you know, a husband and a dad, um, as a friend. And I said, do I deliver, do I deliver value? Am I delivering value? I mean, and if you're truly trying to be a change agent to get better at the things that you do, you will ask yourself this question and it's okay. So I came up with this and call, you know, the definition of value. You know, if you have a definition of ready, a definition definition of done, I think we should have a definition of value called dove, right? And so I went out and I spoke to a few people interviewing for the book. And so the first place I started is the dictionary called Merriam-Webster. You know, we talked to Miriam, and, and what we got back is that the definition of value is a fair return or equivalent in goods, services, or money for ex something exchanged. That was great. And so good. That was a great start. So if you know who Diana Larson is, she uh, created 
you know, agile retrospective with, with um, in her book. And so if you're doing retrospective, you know, she is one of the, the people who are responsible for bringing that to our community. And I interviewed her. She said, you know, in her wisdom, I think there, there are different kinds of value. She says one is customer, one is business, and one is strategic direction. Um, Marty is, is someone that um, runs a, a coding camp out in Portland, Oregon. So I had a chat with him too. And he said, it's a positive exchange, positive emotion and experience. Cool, different views. And I went to Dave West, who is the CEO of scrum.org. And he goes, yeah, you may ask, why is the person buying that thing? What is the value they want to achieve? And then Howard Sublet, who's the ex-CEO of Scrum Alliance. And he said, a relationship between the amount someone pays and what they perceive that they get in exchange. So Howard Subwit was closer to Miriam in terms of her definition. But as you could see, they, there are different definitions for value based on who you speak to. Even if, if you ask people in that room, what, what is your definition of value? You may get a different answer. Um, so I've said, cool. I have five different perspectives of what value is. So why don't I define value as well? So my definition of value is value is a measurable outcome that can be realized and shared. And I, I am housing it this way for a very specific reason. You know, uh, when you do lots of research, um, you know, these, these things called a conceptual framework that you may want to use, like Scrum, you could use as a conceptual framework uh, as a way to, to do research. So Part of my thinking is that, hey, if I'm doing research about value, if I have a definition of value, then that's something that can be used in conversations. And I can tell you it's very tangible. So when I say value is measurable, right? How much money? How much this? What did I get in return? I could measure that. I said value is outcome focused. So it's customer centric. What is my customers getting? What am I getting in the process? I said value is realizable. And it means that, yeah, it's great to have dreams and pipe dreams in your mind, but it should be something that can be achieved. And I said, value is shareable. Right? We live in a world where we use social media as a tool to share lots of information. Matter of fact, it's, it's so awesome now that we could share that I could be in Tucson, Arizona and pipe into Johannesburg, South Africa and share this concept about value. So it should be shareable. As we're building stuff and we're building software, we're building different products and services for our customers, we should have a definition of value that is measurable, that is outcome focused, that is realizable, and it's shareable, right? So now I've given you a few different definitions of value. I gave you value from Miriam Webster. I gave you from Diana Larson, from Marty Nelson, Dave West, and Howard Sublet. I gave you the great Dr. Dave's definition. Well, I'm not great, but the definition is, you know, the great definition by Dr. Dave. And so I'm going to jump into Mentee. And I hopefully, you know, you could join me on your phone. You could join me in a computer. So I'm going to stop sharing and jump into Mentee and said, hey, look, go ahead and um, go into the chat. And 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 I'm going to ask you to, to do something for me. Hey, come back here. I'm going to ask you to do something for me. Here's Menti. Um, go to menti.com and then enter the code. 
um, 7402-4277, right? And so, because I am going to present now uh, and ask the question, you know, what words come to mind when we talk about value, right? And so we're gonna use the same link and the same code. So as I'm going through each page, um, and, and as you can see, people are, are beginning to provide feedback as what value is to them, where we have some people who are talking about efficient flow. Flow is beautiful. When you have flow, it's just an amazing thing. You know, um, you know, it's just like dollar, dollar bills, yo. I love it. You know, cash, cash, dollar. I love it. So since you guys are, are um, already providing feedback as to what value is, your perspective, because each one of us may be a little bit different. Um, you know, I, I want to hear someone who's, who wrote Seeing a Deliverable. What did you mean? Give us a little story about seeing a deliverable. If you, you know, just jump in there. If you could, if you could hear, if you could speak and you, and you have a, a microphone, um, go ahead and share that back with the group. So I put um, seeing a deliverable. So it is something um, that the team has agreed on that they want to deliver at the end of a uh, period. Wonderful. That is beautiful. What about efficient flow? Who did efficient flow? I love flow. Don't be afraid to, to come forward and share. Hi, um, well, I put efficient flow down because it just goes to show that your team is being efficient. They're actually delivering value, whatever they promised, but you know, they've actually delivered it. And yeah, for me, that's it. It's a happy feeling. That is a wonderful feeling. But what about one more, a, a returning customer? W why is that a definition of value for you? <laughs> it was me. So a returning customer for me says we've done such a good job. Yeah, okay. A returning customer for me means we've done such a good job that they want to come back and we experience whatever we delivered. Yeah, that's excellent. So as you could see, you know, and in, in, even in our dialogue, uh, okay, even in our dialogue, we've come up with various different definition of, of what value is, which is a, which is something that I just wanted to point out why um, it's important for us to understand that, uh, have a definition of value, because, you know, when we're working with our customers, they may have a different definition of value. And so when we talk about why is delivering value relevant or important, you know, I said, when value is realized and shared, you know, customers are loyal and satisfied. Those are those returning customers that we just talked about. You know, employees are happy contributing people. Those are the people who are wor you're working with, you're trying to get stuff done. Um, you know, it just makes life a lot easier as you're working as a team. You know, you said organizations are viable and they thrive, right? That when they are sustainable, they're able to live for a long time, even to the point where, you know, I, I heard someone saying that you change your business name to All Mutual. Well, you know, that company has been around a while to be able to, that, that means they're viable, they're thriving. They could even rebrand. But you know what? Delivering value just feels good. You know, I mean, I don't know if you have ever been in a situation where, you know, you're delivering value um, and 
you know, it's, it's just an amazing feeling as a team. You know, people celebrate who you are and, you know, people really appreciate the work that you do. And it's not even just at work. It may be in your family, in your community, where you have an opportunity to deliver value for someone else. And even for yourself, don't forget you, right? Um, so when we think about the benefits of delivering value, I speak, I, I view it in the context of, of three different themes. One of them is happy contributing people, right? I mean, there's nothing like having happy contributing people in your organization. Satisfied customers. If you have satisfied customers, you have revenue coming in, you have, and that will help to drive a thriving business. So when I think about the benefits of delivering value, happy contributing people, satisfied pe customers, and thriving business. Really important stuff for us to, to, to uh, pay attention to. Now, the other aspect of this that I want to talk about is that th the attributes of happy contributing people is that they have a purpose, right? And, and so I use the word compassionate because to me, that transcends empathy, Right. It, it includes empathy as well. But to be compassionate, to feel, to see, to be able to take an action to help someone else, you know, in their journey, they master capabilities. So that I mean, they have skills. They're, they go, go out and get certified with, to be a scrum master or a product owner or even a release trained engineer. Someone spoke of earlier today. So those are the mastering capabilities. Um, you know, you go out and learn, but come to meetup groups like this one. Right. Um, and then it's about self-organizing. This is what you're doing today is a form of self-organization. You know, no one had to tell you to come to um, this meetup today. And the people, the, the, the community of people who are putting this together, they came together. So they self-organized and now look, the great manifestation of a presentation about delivering value. So we're going to do the same thing. Like, you know, like I told you guys, I am not going to be the only one presenting today. Um, so our, our next chat, you know, as we move forward is, is that we're going to go over to the next slide. And I want, I want you to tell me what words come to mind when you think about happy contributing people. All right. Um, this is at these two ladies that are in this picture you know, they're from Israel and we were working on a project in, in Phoenix and we had happy, we had these funny hats for our, our journey um, and we we're doing PI planning, big room planning, right? So what comes to mind when, when you think about happy contributing people, people you've worked with, people who are in your community, why don't you go ahead and uh, continue to use Menti and just continue to, to drop those in so we get an idea of, of what your experience have been with uh, happy contributing people. If you notice, they're not just happy people. They're happy contributing people. They're putting something into, into the bucket, right? I'm trying to make sure that we fill the bucket up with, with goodness. And this is some of the, the ideas that you're, you're, you have experienced in terms of um, happy contributing people, um, goes above and beyond who said goes above and beyond share what you meant by that or that experience don't be afraid i didn't hear that share it up be bold and be bold be bold 
And yeah, I've just seen that when when people are happy producing and out of a flow state, they like go over and above. They don't just do their job, they do more. They committed, they're willing to do whatever it takes to not only get their work done, but the team's work done or other teams' work done. So just like people that are willing to like jump in and help towards a bigger goal than themselves. Uh, most definitely, yes. Yeah, I mean, and I, I see someone also has that committed in there. Um, one more uh, before we move on. Positivity. How about that? And I saw someone put the Daniel Pink purpose, purpose autonomy mastery as, as well. But let, let's hear what was your experience like uh, when you met with someone that has positivity uh, as Me? part of. Yeah, go for it. Um, I've noticed that if you involve them as well, they are more open to ideas and they feel more positive about everything they do. Um, it's not a schlep of, oh, I'm in another meeting. What do you want now? They're involved. So they're much more positive and much more contributing. Um, having that that mindset of we're in this together, it makes them so positive to be involved of something, not just getting the answers. I love Ooh. it. Go, uh, love it. Did someone else have something to say? Feel free to share. And if not, we're going to move on to, um, to, to give you, and I know this is, most of you know this word Ubuntu. Um, I am because we are. Uh, um, in, in a book that I wrote called uh, Belonging and Healing, uh, creating awesomeness for yourself. Uh, also, I, I speak of Ubuntu. And matter of fact, I have incorporated it into my coaching and the way I practice. So the, the, the way I have positioned Ubuntu is that I see you, I value you, and I welcome you. And if you notice this, this image has just eyes and heart and hands is because that's what that's the message that I want when I'm working as a team, when I'm working in, in community, it is that I want people to see each other. I want people to value each other. And I want people to welcome each other because if I am because we are, this will help us to have the sense of belonging in our community. So this is one of the things that's needed for happy contributing people. It just doesn't happen by itself. There has to be some intentional actions and work put into it. But I also went and said, I want to shape Ubuntu value. So I could think I see you, value you, and welcome you. And said, those are some Ubuntu principles, things that you could actually do, right? Because I am because we are is cool and it's worthy. But I want people to take actions. And this is one way to convey, I see, I value, I welcome this valuable work for you as an individual, for each one of us to do. But when I think about the Ubuntu values, I'm talking about patience and kindness. Patience and kindness is, you know, in, in, a, in a biblical sense, love is patient and kind. So that's what I'm talking about. Love, patience, and kindness. I'm talking about safety, physically, um, psychologically, the things that we talk about in the agile space of being you know, having psychological safety, but I'm saying more safety, physical safety, economic safety as well. And, uh, you know, the Ubuntu value is about being resilient. 
is being able to succeed in spite of, no matter how hard it is, that we can still push through. Right? I mean, that positivity, everyone working together as, as, a, as a happy, contributing group of people, we're resilient. And the other part of it is a partnership where people working together genuinely because they see you, they value and they welcome you, that type of a partnership. And so that is the framing when we think of Ubuntu, that we can make this practical. We, you know, and not to say that people haven't made it practical, you know, in, in Africa itself, but I'm talking about the world as a whole. And in the business context, how do we use this to make sure that we have a great working environment um, to move forward? Now, besides Ubuntu, I think leadership is a very important aspect of it because, you know, leaders help to shape culture, right? That's part of the conversation. So th there is this whole concept uh, that I'm put together called, you know, generative leadership values, right? You know, generative leadership and culture, we said it's performance-based, resilient organization. And when I say generative, the word means to give birth to, give life to, right? I mean, so if we're generative um, leaders, we're giving life to the organization, we're giving life to happy contributing people as part of the conversation. And so this is a big wheel of things, of attributes, these values that we will, we wouldn't um, pretty much wear and show up as when we come to work and or, or even when we're in our community, you know, so we talk about one being having an abundance mindset. Um, Carol talks about having a growth mindset and abundance includes a growth mindset. It's much bigger. Right. It's not only that we 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 want to learn, but we have the ability to share and give back and, and help other people in a way. Um, when I say focus on we is the second thing. We, the collective, I'm talking about the willing and enabled, the people who have who are enabled to have skills who are practicing, right? The part of that leadership value and, and the way we're going to show up is that number three is going we're going to trust everyone to achieve our goals, the collective, our goals, right? We're going to win and lose as a team, as number four. Now, we're going to partner to learn more because sometimes we're working with partners, other companies, you know, other divisions in our organization. And sometimes we just don't partner enough and have enough conversations. Number six, you know, and I said, what did we learn from failure? Uh, you know, accepting the fact that it's okay for us to fail, but as long as we learn. Right? That's the important thing. And number seven is run the experiment and evaluate the hypothesis. Because oftentimes we come up with these beautiful ideas. We're going to make $10 million from this idea. Awesome. It's just a hypothesis. And we need to run the experiment to get validated learning as part of the journey. Right? And then my favorite number eight, fun and joy. We should have fun and joy in what we do. And joy is based on what's within um, so you could see there's this eight different values that as you're going through trying to build an environment of happy contributing people as a leader, you know, you, you come in with, with the stance of Ubuntu, right? You come in with the stance, I see you, I value, I welcome you, and I have all these great values, but I also have some leadership values that I have to do to help the team and help the organization move forward, right? And so I just wanted to give you that context of it's even though we have ha we have a definition of value and we have happy contributing people it is also critical for us to have other structures and tools to help us get there um 
any questions so far? I just wanted to just see where you are. I know we've been talking about value customers and now I brought in Ubuntu and leadership. Any questions in, in terms of how we're tying all of this together? You know, we're, we're making like a nice little, uh, a nice little quilt. So we're stitching it all together. So it comes, comes out as something very nice. Any, any questions so far before I move on? Um, not sure. Yeah. Afternoon, everyone. Is it afternoon or evening? Evening. 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 So I think my question is, um, who defines Berlin? Um, I, I'm seeing that we are talking about leadership. We are talking about culture. We are talking about Ubuntu. But who defines Berlin? Uh, and who says we have delivered Berlin? So, uh, who defines value? So th there's. I would say it it's it starts with leadership, right? It it starts there. And also because we're building this generative culture, right? Because leaders are responsible oftentimes for establishing culture in the organization. If you notice that as the leaders of the organization go, so is the attitude of the people that works there, right? So I said it starts there, but the people themselves, right? The people who are part of the teams that were part of the organization, they also contribute to culture. They're going to bring something that's totally different than a leader because they're in the work every day, right? And so as we're, we're talking about these patterns, these structures of Ubuntu and talking about this generative leadership values, you know, I'm talking about Anyone could be a leader in the organization because there's two different types of leaders. One is the assigned leader. I, I got assigned to be the vice president of something. Then the second type of leader that, we, that I th talk about is the emergent leader, the person who is willing to step in and take some risks, you know, be able to lead things without someone telling them to do. So you have two different types. The emergent leaders tend to be a part of the team itself. You know, was that helpful in, clar in, cl in uh, answering your question? I, I can't hear you. Oh, sorry. I just got the mic. <laughs> um, I'm not sure if um, I would say that you have answered it. So I understand that there's the leadership and there's the team. Uh, but so... I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that it's uh, typically from a, a, a project point. So let's just look at it from an iteration point. Um, we have uh, pushed something into uh, production. We have deployed something. Now, are we then uh, assuming that since we have pushed something into production, that is really on its own? Or are we then saying once the customer has actually gone through what we have delivered to them, they can then say, Yes, this does tick the box in terms of what we expected, and therefore this thing is value, or no, uh, it doesn't tick the box, and therefore it is not value. My and answer is my answer is yes to that, right? <laughs> <laughs> good answer, good answer. <laughs> the reason I said my answer is yes to it is because yes, there's value that you delivered something to the customer. And that's why we do Agile, right? Because in the, in the traditional project management, and I used to teach project management. I used to be a project manager. It would take up to 18 months to deliver value, something of value to the customers through production, right? Now, 
as we've been doing Agile, you know, and I've been doing this for, for quite a bit of time, I'm not going to tell you how long, but for a long time, that being able to deliver value every two weeks and get feedback, it's really an important aspect because it helps me to make decisions in the organization, right? You look at point number seven about run the experiment. Every time you put something out to the customers, you are not sure, you know, that the customer is going to like what you put out. You know, they may not like the porridge that you have to offer that day, you know? <laughs> so it's just an experiment. And so the only way you're going to find out if it's good, the second part of your value is if they like it or not like it, right? Which is the, th the not like it is the third part of the definition of value, that there is no value in what you just produced. So in from a, an agile mindset, just put that hat on. We're talking about small iterations of delivering value every two weeks. Matter of fact, there's this company that I, I think I give them too much money now called Amazon that they run up to over 11,000 experiments every day. That's Dave. a lot. Huh? We have another question, Dr. Dave. Go Hi, for it. Dave. Yep. Hello. Dave, can you hear me? I can okay. hear you now. Yeah, I just want to weigh into this um, and maybe to respond to the question that she has raised to say who delivers, who defines the value? Um, and before we even look at um, there's those iteration goals when we deliver the value iteratively, it starts way beyond. Um, it depends with organization, organizations, as we will define the value right when we have our uh, program increment planning. In those three days or two days, that's when, when we defining our work, we also sit with our business stakeholders to say, what is the value that you want to see at the end of this? That's when then we define value with our business stakeholders. Thank you. That's true. When, when you're doing the scale agile framework safe, you know, when, when you do PI planning, you know, you have this thing called business value, right? I mean, that you, you define. Um, I'm going to find an article and send it to you that I wrote in Forbes.com about just that conversation itself, right? That conversation that you were talking about with your your stakeholders and your epic owners, right? Um, I'll send you an article that I wrote in Forbes about, you know, the, the definition of value and business value as well. Um, so it, matter of fact, I'm, I'm going to spend just a, maybe a few more minutes on this and then we're going to move on. But even prior to coming to, to um, PI planning, right? There's a series of work that as the development team, often you don't get to see, right? And that's the design thinking, design sprints context of where you're out there with a, a UX person, a user experience person who are spending some energy and time talking to customers, right? Running some experiments with them. Um, they're also looking at what I call primary and secondary data. Primary is interviewing people. Secondary is looking at what data is available, you know, through research. So even prior to coming to PI planning or big room planning event, there are some definition of value that's taking place. And that's the benefit hypothesis is what we're talking about, that there's a benefit hypothesis. Because after your customer gets it, like it or not, it becomes benefit realization, right? So you have benefit hypothesis very early and benefit realization after you have delivered something to production, 
right? And so did they connect? My hypothesis, $10 million. My benefit realization is $1 million. You know, there's, there's something not happening right and our hypothesis wasn't correct or maybe it's too early there could be lots of different reasons so there are other people who are involved called product managers and oftentimes and also product owners who are will be partially responsible for that thank you for your amazing questions and engagement we're going to move on because i'm trying to manage time for the group uh, <laughs> we could talk about the definition of value all day so cool. The next thing is we talk about is satisfied customers, right? And customers, someone you've written, yeah, you know, customers is like people who re repeat, but people who buy, right? So w when you have satisfied customers, their unmet needs are satisfied, right? I mean, they're eating that ice cream. It's like, God, I love pistachio, you know? And so they're going to come back. And if you have a great pistachio ice cream, they're going to come back and buy that. They then that helps build up brand loyalty, right? I'm speaking to this from the product owner, but also from the development team perspective that you have to understand this. The third part of this thing, it's more of a marketing context called customer lifetime value. If you wonder why people want you to subscribe for a year, right? You got to you got to pay for something like a piece of software, and it said, hey. I'm going to give you 10% if you sign up for one year or 15% if you sign up for one year versus doing a subscription month by month. This is what we call customer lifetime value. The reason why they want you to sign up for a year is such that they could have that money in the bank early, right? So if instead of them having to wait for you to make your payment in July or August and September and October, November, they already have that money, which then you could start to make other type of decisions in the process. I just wanted to give you that piece of information that you walk away from being like, yeah, I know definition of value, but I also know customer lifetime value, which is a very important aspect if you're when you're running a business. I'm a business owner, so I think about these things. Um, so I, I also went out and had lots of conversations with the same you know, four people, right? And so Diana Larson, she said, get closer to know the customer. That's when I'm when she's thinking about satisfied customers. Marty said, customers getting value in a good way. Dave, people are, are, are wowed by the value received, which is the stuff that you put into production that you gave to the customer. And how it is also when they receive value in excess of the amount they paid or the effort that they're looking forward to, right? That, that they provided. So we're, we're going to do a quick mentee again, asking the question, you know, what words come to mind? Um, about a portrait, a portrait, you know, thinking a picture, right? Of a satisfied customer. You see, if I have all these customers, I'm at a concert and they're just loving up what we're, we're sharing out. That's what we're talking about. Oops, get out of here. Um, so let, let's, let's look at, when we think about a satisfied customer, you know, give me some words, you know, about the portrait of what that looks like. Because, you know, I mean, if you could start to envision what your customer looks like, it means that you're getting an idea of who they are. And that's through conversations. That's through experimentation. Um, all of those things. Referral, you know, people sending, sending them in, smiling, laughing customers. I mean, there's nothing like, you know, you're going to your shop. And I'd say you're going to your dukkha. If you have a dukkha, 
right? And there's people who are out there smiling and, and really telling others to come to your dukkha to buy some goodness, right? Um, yet it comes back some more. So tell us more about that comes back for more. Who wrote that? Go ahead and jump on in. So basically around the customers you've got a person that definitely, if for instance, I bought a cake from a confectionery and I actually love the cake and the quality of the cake is actually good. That means every time I've got extra cash or anything, I will definitely be going there to buy more cake because I know that the quality will not disappoint me. That's right. So whoever said wink, tell us more. What were they winking when when you got um, some good cake? <laughs> Let's hear from you when someone gave a gave a wink. You know, ah, lovely cake. Don't be afraid. I said wink. Wink, wink. Who said wink? <laughs> and what 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 tell me about the experience of the wink of a satisfied customer? And what did you do? <laughs> all right you know i'm okay if no one wants to talk about wink um we, we can move on because you know minding our, our business here um <laughs> so look the way we learn about our customers and so not only i'm talking to you about definition of value ubuntu i'm talking about leadership you know in a generative way um but I'm also talk, bringing, giving you different tools, different tools that you could use as you go through this journey, right? So the way we learn about our customers is by using this thing called an empathy map. And this is if you're a product manager, product owner, you know, this is a, a wonderful tool that we use um, that, that gives us a, a, a wonderful perspective as to what's going on, right? Um, so we start off, so there's eight different questions that, that happens, right? We said, you know, the very first thing we says, who's the person we want to understand, right? We want to keep these customers, we want them to make sure they're happy and they're winking and eating cake, you know? <laughs> we want to know what do they need to do differently, right? You know, and so the third thing is like, what do they see um, in the market or in the environment that they're living in? And four, what did they say? You know, uh, so what did they hear? What what did we, as we're having this conversation with these happy, these satisfied customers, we hear them say, oh, that cake was good, man. Give me another wink. You know, number five, we said, <laughs> you know, what do they do? You know, what behavior have we observed, right? And, and so I'm just tying those two things together in our observation um, of, of our customers. And number six, it says, you know, what do they hear? What are they hearing others say about you or us, right? As the people making a wonderful cake. And then we say, what do they think and feel, right? Their pains and gains. You know, what are the fears, frustration, and anxiety, pain, gains? What are their wants, hopes, needs, and dreams? 
And then we may also look at what other thoughts and feelings might motivate their behaviors to come back and buy more cake, right? And so that is a, this is a tool that you could go back and use if you're a product owner, even as a team that you're out doing a customer visit um, is a tool you could use. But also, you could also use this tool as a retrospective tool. And so think about this, that you're working um, with a team and what's really going on is that the stuff that they delivered to production did not provide the value that was expected. And so there's blame going on, right? There's always blame going on when we're building products and services. So there's blame going on. So during our, our retrospective, we could start to look at the team. We could start to look at, you know, members who are doing quality. We could start to look at the product owner. So who's the person we want to understand? Maybe it's the whole team, right? And then we go like, so what do we need to do differently to, to, to um, generate value for our customers? Um, what is, you know, what do we see in the marketer environment? You know, the leaders are going like, oh, that, that stuff that they just put into production was crap. You know, it didn't give us what we were looking for. You know, that was terrible, right? And, and you could start to see as we're going through these eight different points, even though there's only seven labeled, the bottom, what others, what other thoughts and feelings might motivate others becomes your eight point. But you could start going through these inquiry, these questions to start to learn more about what's going on with that team. So you could use this as also for doing part of your retrospective activities. And it's very powerful because we're going really deep, right? We're being empathetic. We're being compassionate about what's really going on in, in our space. So um, really good tool to use. Um, any questions about the empathy map before I move on? <laughs> Don't be afraid. I'll take, um, it, it's, um, there's not a question. Um. Hi, uh, my name is Nilesh. Um, so it's not a question, it's really a comment. I've seen lots of people use this empathy map and they assume what you, what, what, what is the person that we're trying to understand? And they make assumptions to all of these things, right? They say, uh, what do they need to do? What do they need to do differently? And then we make assumptions about what they need. The idea behind this and the reason it's called empathy is that it is about listening. It's about listening to the customer. And we have to be always wary of just making assumptions around the customer. And when we use tools like this, make sure it is with the customer and for the customer. That was powerful. And so that's really good to, to, to really remember that this is about the customer and for the customer and, and also for your team if you use it for retrospective, right? Um, so it, it goes back to the concept of the hypothesis. A hypothesis is an assumption. We're assuming that what we're building is good, you know, and it's going to perform at a certain level. So thank you for bringing that. That was really powerful. Um, and so, yes, use this directly with a customer. And even if you did a hypothesis at first, right? I'm, I'm saying that some people have done this and I've done this, you know, I make a hypothesis about a customer, but then go and see, you know, the Gamba walk, go and ask about these same questions and validate your, your assumption, your hypothesis about that customer as well. So there's two, there are two different ways to approach this, uh, but it should never be done 
to Delesh point, it should never be done just by your hypothesis alone. You need to go validate with the customer. Thank you so much for that, Delesh. That was really awesome. Um, so we're going to move on to the next concept of oh, extra slide, um, thriving business, right? And so when I think of a private uh, of a thriving business, I'm thinking about an organization that's practicing business agility. And I know people talk about that a lot in in the agile space. And, and I I tend to have try to have very succinct definition uh, about things like business agility. And so I just lean into the lean, lean into the lean definition of where you're actually optimizing the whole organization and not just IT. So one of the lean principles is optimize the whole, right? And don't sub-optimize. So I'm borrowing from, from that definition that says optimize the whole organization and not just IT. Right, and and we could expand upon that as much as we need to when we talk about business uh, agility. But thriving business have happy contributing people because that is what allows an organization to really grow and do great things is the people itself, um, and then also having satisfied customers as fans. Right, I, I want customers who are fans. You know, I want customers to keep coming back and said, you know, the damn Dr. Dave, he coached us, he trained us, he made our organization better. And when I get those letters, I am totally stoked because I know that I potentially have customers who are fans. Yeah, they're out there cheering my name and cheering the work that I've done. But again, this is my definition of what a thriving business is. But I, I went to industry leaders and asked them again, these professionals, about their thriving business. And Diana, she says, faster to market, acquire new customers, retain customers that we have. Important. Um, I used to listen to my great-grandmother would always tell me that a bird in hand is better than two in the bushes. And I'm mm -hmm. like, you know, it's like a little kid, you know, you're going like, a bird in hand is better than two in the bushes. what? Yeah, but what about the two? No, no, no. The one in hand, because I already have it. That's what we're talking about, retaining customers and having happy, contributing people and satisfied customers. Uh, Marty talks about having market momentum, a good work environment, and uses its resources wisely. So he's looking at the organization and the leadership, not only the assigned leadership, but the emergent leadership, the people who are part of the teams who are also you know, contributing and building all of that goodness that your customers need. Same thing with Dave West. He says, energy created between the three elements of customer, team, and market. Great dynamics of have positive energy and using your empathy map as a way for conversations. Um, then this is know why they exist and who, they, who they're there to serve. And, and this is, comes from the start with my, start, start with why um, conversation right from that book, Start With Why. This is where Howard is coming from in this context. So you can see that we have four different people who have been in the industry for a while. Um, they're leaders and they have different definitions. And I love it. I love it. Love the fact that I've been able to, what we call in, in uh, research, triangulate, right? Different definitions of different topics or themes um, to help us understand better what these things really mean and how they can be applied. But very important, right? The very important aspect of this is that I believe in also using tools like, you know, value streams, you know, that if we are going to have a thriving business, we need to organize people around value, 
right? And value streams is, you know, as, as I'm showing here, and I borrowed this from the, the, the safe world, um, that one of their illustration is that, you know, look, we want to I, I, I be able to identify an increased flow. Someone had flow before, right? We want to be able to build adaptive teams, adaptive as lean agile teams to deliver value frequently, focus on continual improvement, right? We're getting better. We're learning. Uh, we practice customer obsession, which is, you know, the satisfied customer. So can we begin to understand as a business, we're practicing business agility that we're organizing people around the value um, in the organization? Quick question before I ask you more questions about mentee. I know I walked through a, a, a few big topics in, in thriving business. So anything that you have to add before I ask you to give me some response from mentee? Okay, good. So we're going to go and we're going to go into mentee again. And this is the last, I promise. Uh, let's go in here and let, you know, what comes to mind about thriving businesses for you, right? Using the same mentee code, what comes to mind about a thriving business? Um, you know, I, I could, you know, Amazon for one just comes to mind for me because like, I remember them starting out as a, a selling online books, you know, and and being a, an ex software engineer and an architect. Um, I used to order technical books from them, right? So that's a long time ago. But I'm just saying that you know that's what comes to mind to me about thriving business, or even Microsoft, you know, and it could be smaller businesses within your community, right? Um, yeah, yeah. Longevity. Hey, who said evolving with the times? Let's hear from you. I know I'm pulling you out of your space, but who said that? Who wants to share, you know, their experience with, you know, a thriving business that's evolving with the times? All right, and, and that's understandable that. Uh, okay. And we've got, we've got in, somebody. Uh, in my experience, I would say simplicity. Your product is very simple. Like, I, I've seen examples where, like, there are products that are better, maybe but complex and stuff, and somebody comes to something that maybe a portion of it is just very simple, and you find it becomes a hit. I love that. Like, just as simple as possible. I love that. Thank you. Look at Google, for example. Like it, it, it was just as the changing. Where is Yahoo? Yahoo launched a lot of things. But somehow, Google search engine managed to beat the, the Yahoo one. Whereas Yahoo had, had a lot of stuff on it. But Google is just simple. Like when you want to search, you just type in whatever that you're looking for in it. Really good. Thank you. Thank you so much for, for sharing. Uh, um, maybe, let's see. Okay. Just, you know, the fact that, you know, we've incorporated, you know, some of the goodness of satisfied clients in there, you know, happy employees that, that we have in there, um, you know, being able to 
thrive and and sustain itself a great portraits a great imagery of, of what this looks like so you know as we continue because we're, we're almost at the end i promise um in summary you know when, when i think when, what i want to tell you right is that value is a measurable outcome that can be realized i could measure it it, it, it serves our customers and each one of you have spoken about that and we could it's realizable something that can be done right uh and it's also shareable right so if i, I could share things with with different people um and get them to come back to my my cake shop and wink and have fun i mean that is beautiful i could measure that level of value um when we think about happy contributing people they're foundational to healthy organization um also looking at how do we focus on creating, you know, satisfied customers. You you would hear those leaders of some of these, the, the most successful companies talk about customer obsession is by knowing the unmet needs, unmet needs of your customers is really where it's going to differentiate you from, you know, your competition. And a thriving b business enables happy contributing people and satisfied customers. So that's the summary of the conversation that we've been having today. Um, so with that, you know, curiosity, you know, you know, what are you curious about today's learning? Even the question of the curiosity of God, how do I use this? How do I influence my, uh, my leaders in my organization to start leaning more this way. Hola. Um, I kind of joined the session today, kind of new to the world of Agile. So I'm here to be a sponge to get knowledge from others and how do they implement and apply. I'm, I'm awesome. here to learn. <laughs> oh, good. I Yes. So I'm, I'm just going to piggyback on what he's just said. A value can be from a perspective of a manager, the client, and the, and the team. How do you manage all of that? Because those are different personas. Customers King. Um, so for my side is um, the empathy uh, canvas map to see how, you know, there's a lot of focus on the customer, but to see how one can use that uh, for the team and also motivate the team to deliver more uh, value, obviously to the customer, but to see how that can be incorporated to the team, uh, not only just looking at it from a customer point of view. Thanks.
Okay. I would say, for example, they look to a customer, right? It will list a product that meets the expectation, exactly what they want, right? But let's say from the team perspective, value could mean like fine, you deliver on your what what your, your sprint goals, but also the, the team is motivated. And there are a couple of other things that's within the team besides just a delivery that uh, that product like where it's like you make sure like people are uh, delivering the product but they're happy for the team the culture is right and all that type of thing that's, that's like yeah that's how i would define it to say for example and then in terms of management maybe management also expects certain things from the team to say okay fine we're giving you maybe your year plan to say within this year at least we need to be able to hit this this this, this is the direction that we want the company to go so from there for the management point of view it will be to say like are we going in the direction that we want to go oh been holding it forever <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, I think to your point, there's a way you can align those things. It's super important to think about, because I also think about who matters when you think about value. That's awesome, Dr. Dave. Um, and so you can align what the customer wants with what the business needs and what the, is important to the team. And thinking about how do you align those things. So the business wants to stay profitable and to you know carry on and the customer wants awesome features or whatever product that they can use easily and the team might care about learning and growth and development so how can we grow while we deliver what are the you know there's ways to align those three things and i think it's a great question to ask that who matters and and what does it mean to them and then figuring out how to align it is i think part of what dr Dave was also saying which is very awesome. Well, good. I mean, I'm glad that this has created some curiosity for you, for you to go forward and learn more. And 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 really, you know, the last comment about alignment. Right, I mean, between these different personas and these different people who have different interests, um, you know, there's work to be done, and that's what I love about agility. You have, you know, at, at its simplest form, you have three different roles, right? You have the scrum master, who, who deals with with making sure that the teams are aligned um, with the scrum values and habits and practices, and you have the product owner who's responsible for you know, making sure that the product delivers some values and interacting with the customers. And you have the development team, the people who are actually building stuff. And each one of those roles are leaders. I just want to make sure we point that out, that those are opportunities for leadership. And then you, you have all the other stakeholders, right? The, the, the people with the assigned roles um, in the organization. So yeah, deliver value is the thing. Um, is And, and I, I want to say this right, right? It, it, is that, it's like 
beauty in the eyes of the beholder, right? Each person will have a different definition and the power is bringing alignment between those different views to make sure that we all um, see value from the same context. And with that, I'm going to do some some pitching to tell you, like, you know, I have some wonderful books out there. Um, you could get them all on Amazon <laughs> if, if you if you choose to. And then there's um, my the Dr. Dave Duca. You know, you could buy the e some of the ebooks are out there. Um, I forgot to tell you that I have a podcast. Um, it's called. And, you know, you could find it on Spotify. Audible, Apple, Google, and Etsy. Let's see, Etsy, et cetera, Spotify, right? So, you know, if, if you want to listen to some of the stuff that, you know, I'm writing about, um, I'm talking about, you, you could go out and check out, you know, my podcast. And if you get to knowledgeshare.org, which I put in the chat earlier, you can see some of the things that I'm writing about you know, the, the blogs and the thoughts that I'm putting out into the world. So, um, it, you know, I'm totally excited to be here today. You know, Krezi, thank you for inviting me um, and for for the universe allowing this to align that I could be here and be a part of this community as well. So thank you so much for that. Let's talk about talk, it. Talk, talk, talk. Let's go deep. We all have something to share, no, no share with Dr. Dave.